the Sephardi identity is an extremely complex one. I constantly feel like I'm living my life for my ancestors. Like I feel like fucking Mulan or something. Like it's always about my ancestors. It's always about the past. It's always about we went through this, so now we must lead our future like this. Leave Persian Jews alone. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> Recording in progress. Did you hear that? Yeah. It's so serious. Yeah. I think legally, I don't think that they used to do that in the beginning. Is that like a legal thing now where like, they realized they had to let people know the recording's happening. So they added that. The like Zoom AI has more shaksiat than us. <laughs> more literally, literally, we would start episodes and not tell the people we're recording yet. And then they'd be like, oh, okay, so we're going to record now. It's like we've been recording for 20 minutes. So we're Whatever you said during these 20 minutes, we can now use. Yeah. We're really... I think that's honestly illegal because as a reporter, don't you have to tell someone when you're officially like... There's no law because like the person didn't ask for any sort of agreement or release. And um, it's just a matter of like ethics, which... (sighs) Yeah, I suppose we lack it. Yeah, whatever. Um, Honestly, every time now that like we like do an episode i just think more and more about the fact that people are listening does that just occur to you more and more or is it just me no it's definitely occurring to me more and more yeah because we i'm meeting more people like irl that like come up to me and they're like oh like (laughs) things you guys talk about i'm like oh my god you listen (laughs) yeah i know it's i'm meeting yeah more people as well who um will stop me and and be like oh yeah I listen to your podcast but something I love is that um like we only have hot listeners like everyone who approached me is like they're like really hot so um yeah I don't um I don't really care about like anyone who dislikes me for the podcast. It's like, well, you're probably ugly. So I kind of miss the days where nobody knew who we were. Like, not to say we're like famous, like, oh, I miss the days where I was. I know, yeah. (laughs) But like, I don't know. I just felt so much more like free with what I would say. Like, I feel like I've said this before. I don't want our listeners to think that we're like just like bullshitting now. We're not actually sharing our feelings. Like we're still discussing topics that matter to us and bother us. And like I'm I'm still gonna be real with everyone. It's just like a little bit weirder to like remember in my head, like, oh, like people I know are hearing what I'm saying. Um, but I feel like I've always been like outspoken with my feelings and I would never like say things just to please people. So I don't think anyone who knows me from before the podcast is like surprised by the things I say on the podcast most people say like I'm still me mm-hmm. no, so basically we hold what, what were you gonna say no I just I just think like anyone hearing us like talking as if like we're kind of saying we hold back <laughs> really, really like wait you, you think you hold back um <laughs> but yeah, I love how we weren't even, for everyone listening, we weren't even supposed to record right now. Me and Natalie were just talking on the phone and Natalie was like, wait, 
we should be we should be recording this because honestly it's happened so many times where we've just had like hour and a half long conversations on the phone and towards the end of the conversation i'm like wow shit i wish we recorded this podcast yeah yeah like our our episodes really are just our phone calls (laughs) my mom said that she listened to last week's episode uh anyone heard that episode and knows that my mom also heard it probably thinks like wow what kind of family is this but yeah that should tell you what a little bit about who my mom is I love her though um but she was like complimenting us she's like oh my god the dynamic you guys have like it's like a phone call but like I really want to hear it like I really want to hear what's next and um <laughs> but yeah basically this is what's next and um I was me and Natalie were having actually like a work call right now and then I was mad at her for asking me how I'm doing because I'm I'm kind of yeah I'm just either like this or that and I didn't want her to ask how I'm doing I like insincerely asked you how you're doing I'm like yeah how are you and then I was like okay good okay so um this is what we have and then like as we're in the process of discussing that you're like okay so how are you really doing and I'm like why do you have to ask me that I don't I don't want to talk about my feelings okay but I literally only ask you how you're doing because I don't want to talk about my own life you know (laughs) yeah no I know you I feel like it's a it's like a deflective type of like reflex like when you when when you don't want to talk about yourself because so much is happening with you and you feel like a mess you're like how can I distract myself oh let me ask my friend if anything bad's happening in her life so I can think about her bad things not my bad things that's the uh yeah <laughs> we're like this association king and queen yeah hashtag gemini <laughs> our birthdays are coming up we're in gemini season i know we're in, it is gemini season that maybe that's why i'm feeling this way um but yeah so i you had asked me though because i texted you yesterday like oh my god i think i really think i'm bipolar and I told you you're not bipolar you're just a Gemini yeah and for anyone listening um when I told my therapist I thought I'm bipolar he told me that I'm just problematic and not <laughs> he said I'm just a bitch and I was like oh. how long have you been seeing your therapist like the same one mm, almost three years which is pretty crazy like wow yeah, I mean, this I mean, is weird to talk about now. on the podcast, but I've, like, been thinking about not seeing him anymore. Mm. Well, he doesn't listen, it's fine. Um, Sometimes does. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about going to therapy. I have insurance now, so, like, insurance will pay for it, I guess. Yeah, you should, you should definitely look into that. Yeah. Wow, the day that Natalie confronts her problems is big. (laughs) Um, yeah, I I prefer to ignore my problems until they're just physically unignorable anymore. But yeah, I'm growing. Look at me. Yeah, look at us. Look at us. So um, Millie and I were discussing a topic. Well, basically, Millie was telling me about her issues because I don't want to think about mine. And um, I told Millie that, like, from everything that she said, what? No, I guess, like, I wanted to, like, I didn't get to finish why I was saying, like, um, that. So I texted you, oh, I feel like I'm bipolar. And, like, Mm -hmm. I don't even, like, that's not even, wasn't really good description of how I felt but basically uh I just felt like nothing was exciting me things that would normally excite me for some reason the past few days they were not making me excited they were not making me hopeful they were not like I had I just felt like the things I normally look forward to I wasn't looking forward to the people that usually make me happy were no longer making me happy I think that's more depressing I know, but like, I wasn't really, dep- I don't know. It was just, I don't know. I think maybe it's just like mid-cycle PMS or something. Um, <laughs> I really do think it was hormonal because there was no explanation behind it. But then um, 
yeah, I started explaining like this conversation that I had had with someone that kind of that probably that I think is actually the reason for why I was feeling kind of really detached and numb and not happy about anything was that they just kind of went on this like rant of stressing the importance of marrying within your own religion and um how it's even like it's they were saying like oh well even if you're gay like that's it's even worse like to like oh he's like i'm i'm gay but i'm still gonna marry someone that's my same religion and like that's more important like it's you know what i mean like which is like i'm not even arguing anything about that like we're not discussing that but that this is just like how extreme that person was being that like that marrying someone out of your religion is even worse than doing same like uh same-sex marriage and um i don't know it just gives me a lot of anxiety because i feel like i don't as someone who's like I mean, it's going to maybe sound annoying to anyone listening for me to like acknowledge the fact that I think I'm unique, but I'm not saying unique is good or bad. I'm just like, you know, whatever. I'm almost 26. I think I can like make some accurate statements of my identity, like what I think of myself. So um i don't even know if that sentence made sense i accidentally had two shots of espresso today don't ask how that's an accidental thing but i feel like i took an edible basically so i'm <laughs> the coffee zoot yeah um, <laughs> is like really fucked up by the way it's like a really embarrassing like 20 like kind of urban dictionary slang that like a bro in high school would use like yeah bro dog i'm zooted but i brought it back ironically last summer and everyone knows that everything that is originally used ironically eventually becomes unironic and you just start using it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that happened. So that happened. Yeah. And we um, had bad days today. I almost shit my pants. <laughs> like literally last Why night. Can't I made- we handle being adults. Like I don't understand. <laughs> okay. Also, but I wasn't being an adult. I made myself craft mac and cheese at like 1 a.m. And I decided to put like three tablespoons of chili flakes that you usually use for pizza and mix it in. And then at like 2 p.m. today, I was showing apartments and my stomach started feeling weird. And towards the end of the showing, I couldn't find anywhere to go to the bathroom. And I'm like running around this like weird part of Brooklyn trying to find a bathroom. I like went into like a bagel store. I went into a, a laundromat. Nobody had a bathroom. I finally like run to this bodega. Do you have a bathroom? He's like, uh, yeah, but it's not so clean. I'm like, I don't care. And I like, ran in and there was a man in there peeing. And like, I ran in like while he was zipping his pants and I'm like, I'm so sorry. And he like washed his hands and ran out. And I literally like shat the second I sat down. I, I literally, if it was a minute longer, I actually would have shat my pants as a almost 26 year old adult which is so embarrassing but thank god it didn't happen so do you want me to keep this on the episode yeah yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> i just want all those listeners to know that i gave you the option <laughs> i mean at the end of the day i didn't cheat my pants but i almost did so wait i have a question we're another question were you watching him as he washed his hands? Like you were escorting? Yeah, him? I was standing in the bathroom with him as he washed his hands and walked out. I had to go really bad. It was between watching him wash his hands and shitting my pants. His dick wasn't out when I walked in. He like had already like zipped up. Oh my God. It wasn't, the door wasn't locked. I was in a rush. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I was a bad morning. But yeah, keep going with your story. So you feel zooted and yeah, didn't shit myself, but I <laughs> I almost <laughs> quite the opposite. Um, um no, I just was like extremely jittery and felt like like I was hallucinating and like everything was so bright. Like I don't know, just, I'm still kind of feeling weird. So mm-hmm. that's why I feel like I'm not so coherent. <laughs> Isn't that great that I felt like this was the time to? 
put out like a permanent piece of audio history <laughs> thing. <laughs> uh, okay, wait, so what was I saying? Oh, so going back, backtracking. Well, I actually like, I, Yakami, uh, I am, what's it called? Wow, I can't even think of the word. Why are you always yeah. recording in a closet? Because I'm at my cousin's because oh, okay. like I have like two roommates now and like I just it's like better to work here um, and record here. Understood. Uh, so so backtracking, I was having this conversation about whatever marrying outside your religion and how it's even more taboo than marrying someone of the same sex. And I felt, yeah, so I felt like this was unconsciously eating me. And that's why I was feeling down and like not really hopeful about anything because as someone who I guess identifies as I was saying a bit, like I feel like because I think I'm, because I am unique, like I feel like I'm limited with, uh, stop laughing at me. I feel like my options as is, is already limited. Like I'm, I can't, who am I to, uh, what's it called? What's it, to discriminate certain, like to discriminate certain uh, aspects or options when, I already um, the the thing I think that the I'm looking is like eliminate and not discriminate. Yeah, no, yeah. but like discriminate against certain backgrounds when I'm already looking for something that's quite rare. And it's like, well, if I even find someone that's gonna like kind of meet these other expectations and is gonna like I'm gonna bond with and have the same values and desires and ambitions and you know it's not fair to me like what am I supposed to do like what is what what could I be what joy is there for me in the world then and then basically Millie when she was done telling her story asked me to please stop asking how she's doing and to stop talking about it and then I asked her if I could please just give one opinion based on what she said. And my opinion was, obviously, we know we have a lot of different followers from different religions, different cultural backgrounds. But Millie and I, as two Middle Eastern or, or quote unquote, the terminology is Sephardi Jews. Um, also, by the way, for anyone listening, Sephardi Jew is technically considered a Jew from Spain. And the reason why Middle Eastern Jews are so-called Sephardi Jews is because most Jews that ended up in the Middle East originated from Spain. Yeah. But there's so, still, like, there's still so much debate about, like, I do consider myself a Sephardic Jew, but, like, someone, because I know that my family, like, they came from Spain to Turkey, then to Iran. But, I mean, someone could also specify, oh, actually, no, she's Mizrahi because on my father's side, they came from Afghanistan. So yeah, so some, like, some Jews that are in Iran. Like I identify as Sephardic. I don't know. Like, that's just fucking. Yeah. I think most Mizrahi Jews are both Sephardi and Mizrahi. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Mizrahi meaning Middle East. Um, so basically what I was trying to say was being an Eastern European Jew. Yeah, like Eastern European Jews do have their own culture, but like a lot of them it tends to have faded and it became more about just being Jewish, which is also an ethnicity amongst um, Eastern European Jews because Eastern European Jews intermarried for such a long time that it became a genetic trait and an ethnicity as well. So for Eastern European Jews, it's more just focused on the idea of being Jewish. And that's like what it really narrows down to in regards to um, finding someone to marry. But for Middle Eastern Jews, it's not really it just about the ethnicity. For Middle Eastern Jews, they were still very much obsessed with their culture and with being Middle Eastern or Sephardi slash Mizrahi. So we have like two giant categories that we have to look at in regards to choosing someone to marry, which is both 
being Middle Eastern and understanding our culture and then also being Jewish and understanding our religion. So I think it makes it that much harder when there's like two things that you need to look at. And as much as people want to say like, oh, but there's so many Middle Eastern Jews in the world. Like, why is it that hard to find one and stick to one and choose one? And like, no matter how many there are in the world and even in your vicinity, like, like, yeah, both me and Millie live in areas where there are so many of them. Doesn't mean that you're going to connect. No, I'm sorry. What are you saying? I don't think anyone's listening to this and saying there's so many of them. We are an extreme minority. Like, you want to talk okay, about minority? But there's still a good amount of them, okay? No, not any. We're really in our area. Part of the world. What are you talking about? No, that's what I'm trying to say. We, we live in areas where there's areas a lot of areas of Sephardi Jews, but we are... A, are you like, to me? That's what I just said. We're in concentrated areas. Yeah. No, I know, but it's like there isn't that many... Okay, fine. So I, I shouldn't say that the, there are that many, but we are in concentrated areas. Yeah. Someone listening might say like, oh, but like you live in an area literally like taken over by them. So why can't you choose one and find one? And like the point is that like, it just doesn't mean that we're going to connect to one. Um, and sometimes you connect to someone who's one thing, like either Middle Eastern or you connect to someone who's Jewish, but not Middle Eastern. And it's just like this constant like struggle of like trying to someone who find someone who gets both those aspects of you because they're both huge aspects yeah it's um, just i was like we were talking about on the phone how the Sephardi identity is an extremely complex one is yeah it's it's not as simple as the ashkenazi one because with like throughout the history of the past hundred years dating to even before the holocaust like ashkenazi jews moving to america they again holocaust aside a lot of them shed their jewish identity and they're sort of left with this impression of wasp culture or like this newfound i don't know it's it's just like a different type of jewish identity than i would say can i can i give uh, like an example mm -hmm. when i was younger and like i would go to synagogue there was like one eastern european jewish guy that would like tell me like, yeah, amongst Eastern European Jews, you either stayed like when you came to America, you either stayed very religious and were like orthodox, like with the hats and whatever mm -hmm. and covering your hair for women, or you completely shed your Jewish identity exactly. and were very secular. But with Middle Eastern Jews, generally they are not very religious, but they hold on very tight to tradition because like the Middle Eastern culture is very obsessed with family and tradition. And you can even see that within, like, let's say the Persian language, there are four different ways to say aunt and four different ways to say uncle. And it's just, it just like goes to show you like how obsessed they are with tradition and family. So it can be very typical for like Middle Eastern Jews to still be very traditional and not be religious. But when it came to Eastern European Jews, it was either they kind of shed it completely or stayed pretty religious. Yeah. So just for anyone who doesn't know about like the culture and the society that's kind of how it was yeah that's a really good example um so i was saying how i feel like my experiences so far were okay you can be with a white jewish guy who like won't understand your persian identity or you could be with a Middle Eastern or Persian person who's not Jewish and who won't understand your Jewish identity and, and history. And um, I don't know, when you say it out loud, it's like, oh, well, these are just, these are just names, maybe like, these, what does that even matter? Um, like, this is all these are just like man made concepts in a way and that shouldn't be able to trump like your intimate relationships with people but when this has been such a big part of your life and you've been hearing this your whole life like it kind of is a big deal and it kind of does interfere um, you know what's something funny this has happened to me so many times where people ask me it happened just yesterday too but it's happened so many times where people ask me like oh like where are you from I'm like, oh, Middle Eastern, just to give like a broad answer. And usually they'll be like, no, no, but like where in the Middle East? I'll be like, oh, well, my dad's from Iran and my mom's from Israel. And the number one response to that is, wow, 
that just shows that love conquers all and religion and ethnicity and whatever it doesn't matter and i'm not gonna like like pour like my whole like family history out to this person i just met but, like in my head i'm like oh actually no my parents do not <laughs> love each other and like we're from the same religion and like it has nothing to do with that um but people tend to just like assume that like my dad is muslim if he's from iran and my mom's jewish if she's from israel and then they have like this beautiful like like stars in their eyes like wow yeah, love conquers all and i'm like first biracial couple shit yeah and like i hate to like break it to them i like to just like let them believe that love really does conquer all um yeah so like i like don't want to like ruin this like beautiful fantasy they have in their head now of like how my parents came together and they loved each other so much that nothing else mattered um but yeah it's tend to, that's like what people tend to like assume whenever i say that but that's the thing at the end of the day like maybe to some people it doesn't matter but to the people that it does matter it's very hard to let go of that um well because yeah it's, it's following the statement that statement that i made on the phone i said right now it just feels like this doesn't feel like other times in history where Jews were living more seamlessly. Not that I can recall many times that Jews were living seamlessly or uh, peacefully, but um, what it means to be a Jew right now feels really, um, I don't know, like the right word to use, but I'm sorry, I drank too much coffee. <laughs> I think what Millie is trying to say is that, like, now more than ever, no not more than ever this is so hard why is this so hard it's just right now is recently more than recent years what's been happening recently wow right now is an important time. more than recent years are you kidding <laughs> shut me? up it's worse <laughs> literally i never know who's worse we're always uh one-upping each other yeah. um but basically everyone knows that like recently there's been a lot going on and a lot of hate towards Jews. And I guess like whenever a certain group of people, whether it's Jews or Muslims or Mexicans or Asians or whatever group of people in the world, anytime that they're feeling a lot of hate, it's a time where they feel like they need to show the most pride and they need to care the most about that part of their, their identity because that part of their identity is being attacked. Anytime someone is being attacked, it's a time to stand up. So I think what Millie is trying to say is like, it's, it kind of gets especially hard to let go of that and not think about that when it's all over the news and everyone's talking about it. Um, yeah, and going back to, like this goes back to why I mean it's a more, like the Sephardic identity is more complex because like, I'm not trying to, play like a victim or there's like this new term that I've learned in Persian that's like it's like trying to get attention by like making things sound worse mm. and um, <laughs> so I'm not trying to do that but I don't know if like some of our listeners who aren't Persian and Jewish like it's it's a really hard time to be both because I feel really isolated and lonely like you know there's this kind of unity that Persian even secular Muslims have and like they're they just kind of have this like one identity and then the kind of like American white Jewish one is like self-hating Jew like they don't really care about their history they're like willing to kind of let everyone they're like they're so down with all of these anti-semitic crimes they're like oh yeah, you can totally come through Hancock Park and intimidate us. We don't care. Like we won't notify any government officials because um, I don't know. They've kind of just like accepted this fate. And I feel like Sephardic Jews are the only ones who are passionate about it right now. Like they feel, it seems like we're the most passionate Jews and it just feels really isolating because like with what's happening recently, I feel like I'm kind of forced to like align myself with either. And it's like, oh, well, if you feel this like strongly about being a Jew, then like you can't really, you're not allowed to attach yourself onto Persian culture and like vice versa. It's just, it's really lonely. 
is what I'm saying. And it's again, really I'll have to do none of my values on both of it's just a lot it's it's hard enough in this world like going back like going away from like politics and going back to like the idea of finding a person to spend the rest of your life with I, I look at certain people who like it doesn't matter what their background is but like their families just want them to be happy and only care if they find someone who's good to them and makes them happy and I'm like wow like like what what a beautiful concept like what a like easy concept just finding someone who makes you happy but the thing is like when you come from a background where your family escaped persecution it's not that easy to just be like marry whoever makes you happy it's like we're holding on to like an identity that's why it's so different yeah it's hard because i i constantly feel like i'm living my life for my ancestors like i feel like fucking mulan or something like it's like it's always about my ancestors. It's always about the past. It's always about we went through this, so now we must lead our future like this. Like yeah, even like like every holiday that we celebrate, like it's like we don't eat bread for a week because I don't know how many years ago we wandered through the desert and like we didn't have time to make bread. So now we have to eat fucking giant ass crackers that taste like cardboard. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, like someone just came to my cousin's apartment and then I tuned out. And all I, <laughs> I, I think you're telling the story of Passover, basically. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you for giant pieces of cardboard. I'm like, yep. Hopefully, hopefully our listeners listen to my stories more than you do. I'm sorry. <laughs> um no it just it reminds me of that tiktok like when you're trying to be an influencer in uh in a brown household and there's constantly like yelling and like pots clanking in the background and like there's always something going on and you can never like just record something in peace yeah that's really what all of our episodes are like like our <laughs> listeners don't know this every time you yeah talk. both me and millie constantly mute ourselves while the other person is talking because we know that someone is going to make a noise and interrupt the person's monologue yeah, it's like I'm recording a podcast. She? I'm recording a podcast. Oh, okay. Miva Micha, it's like I fucking started recording a podcast. <laughs> and then my dad like always looks at me so offended when I get mad because he's just trying to offer me fruit. And I'm just like, now is not the right time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, I don't know, like I when I try to explain to my parents, like it's, I have a fear of being alone forever because of how many restrictions I have on the person I'm like, quote unquote, allowed to choose. Um, exactly. And it, it's just like really, I never really thought about it this much until like I'm, I'm like turning 26 in eight days. And um, it's just like dawning on me more and more that like, like you're supposed to choose someone for specific reasons. And then like you blink your eyes, suddenly you're 36 and you still haven't picked someone. And then the pickings are slim because when you're in your thirties, you're either dealing with divorced people. And then you're wondering why'd you get divorced was because you're crazy or because your ex is crazy. And then and then the guys that you're are your age who aren't divorced are going for girls 10 years younger. So now you're competing with all these 26 year olds. I guess that's how is that how 36 year olds feel about us? Do they hate us because they think that they're competing with us for men? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, like all single women are competing against each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a shitty. It's funny because like you don't think about it until you're like creeping on that age and you're then you're suddenly like I wonder how those people are feeling I wonder how I'm gonna feel when I'm that age yeah but like again I guess this goes back to like what I was saying not to like flatter myself but like any besides like probably my one asshole long-term boyfriend all the other people I dated like they don't really take into like age doesn't is not what they take into account so much um 
like seriously every guy I've dated I've noticed like they were like oh I've actually dated women who are a lot older than me and like you know I mean like it was never age was just like so I'm not really like yeah like I think maybe like when I turn like when I was like the the older I get the more I'm like caring less the less I'm the more I'm caring the less I'm caring because I don't know I just become like more and more comfortable in my skin no I definitely feel more comfortable in my skin I'm just like starting to think about like timeline I guess like I like the thing that's like scares me the most is the idea of being like like creeping on my 40s and then like either having to be like okay I'm just gonna marry someone for the sake of having kids which I'm never gonna do like I always say like I'd rather be alone than marry someone just because I want a family like I would just have kids on my own which kind of like ties into like a episode we did like I don't even know how many months ago with L2C uh where she's talking about like freezing her eggs what last July whoa it was almost a year ago holy shit damn Peter Shudin Peter Shudin (laughs) (laughs) okay we said we were going to keep this a short episode how long have we been recording 40 minutes oh okay um okay well I'm sorry I didn't mean to like silence you no it's fine I I just really wanted to like I feel like this was like an important topic that are that's like on both of our minds a lot and like a lot of the time I feel like if something is on my mind and your mind chances are it's going to be on a lot of listeners minds and maybe they would like to hear other perspectives on it so I just want to share this with you guys and me and Millie were on the phone and I was like maybe we should record maybe we should share this with our listeners maybe they'll relate maybe they'll DM us and tell us how they yeah well because I feel like it's been a topic featured with our guests where they're like yeah I married outside of my culture or my religion and like it was I don't know it sounded so like fairy tale like yeah I'm happy that that it happened like that for them but that's not what I see especially like in the Persian community now we are seeing these um unorthodox relationships where like i know for example um multiple gay persian couples now i know um people who are marrying outside of their religion but like the thing is everyone pretends that they're really happy for them but you hear different things internally like they present one thing for the outside but on the inside they're like oh you know what i mean like that's what they're saying like god help me like how could this happen to me they still see them it's just just like pseudo progressive mindset like we haven't really progressed we're just like putting that face on and i guess like that's going to unravel within the next generation but again it seems like we're really liberated but like i don't think so like i don't think it's if i chose to do something that's outside of my parents expectations like i don't think it's going to be easy like that like i I'm gonna have a really hard life ahead of me and it just kind of sucks yeah and it's it's also this idea of dragging someone else into a hard life like that person you're taking responsibility almost for somebody else's struggle like you're choosing to like bring them into this and then they're also gonna have to struggle with the idea that like a whole group of people don't like them for something specific they can't control yeah and it sucks yeah and like you don't want to like put that you don't want to put someone else through that for the rest of their lives as well so it's like you're putting yourself through something and taking responsibility for yourself and then you're also putting someone else through something and taking responsibility for the struggles that they're gonna have to deal with and like I also think about like the fact that it builds up a lot of resentment in a relationship when you're both struggling and you're both like always going through something relationship becomes defined by this plight and then it's like yeah even enjoy like the you know normal like yeah so it's just sucking for the both of you and then like you start to think like is it is it worth all that pain and then and then then the the family who's like against it they're gonna be like see bit and it's like no you're causing it hard like if these external factors didn't exist it wouldn't be like 
There is nothing intrinsically wrong with this relationship. You are the thing that's causing issues. Oh, that's what I hate the most when somebody else is causing your issues. <laughs> and then they try to tell you that you see, I told you. And it's like, you're making it hard. I'm like, shut, shut up. Oh, that's, that literally like pisses me off more than anything. Yeah, and I, I feel like that happens so much. I mean, it's hard enough as it is. Like, I see so many, like, Persian parents who hate their daughter-in-law or son-in-law, even if they are Middle Eastern and they are Persian and they are Jewish. Even when they meet yeah, all yeah, of those, yeah, exactly. Even when they meet all those, like, baseline expectations, they still hate them. And it's like, what the fuck do you want from your kids? Leave us alone. Leave Persian Jews alone. <laughs> leave leave this parties alone i was watching rick and morty recently do you ever watch rick and morty no i don't like cartoons oh, oh my god no millie it's so good there's this one episode called mr me seeks and like it's these like it's these little like and like not animals i don't know what you call them like aliens or something and like they're only supposed to exist for like a few minutes maximum but there was a point where they just kept existing and they're like crying. They're like, existing is hard for me, six. <laughs> I'm like, just like related to it so much. Like, existing is hard for a Sparty Jew. So hard. So, yeah, that's the end of my rant. I feel Mr. Me, six. Oh. Oh. Um, Thanks for listening, guys. I hope uh, yeah, if you made it this far. If you made it this far, um, congrats. Yeah. I, I hope you found this relatable. We can't really give you anything, but um, <laughs> we hope you enjoy the enjoy. Oh my god, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed <laughs> silent stream of wasted life after listening to two degenerate Persian Jewish girls rant about their feelings, about their life struggles. Is so hard. Life is so hard for a sorority Jew. Okay. Also, like, I think at this point our listeners know if you DM us, if you share your story with us, we don't like out you. We don't say names. Like, if anyone wants to DM us and tell us like how this episode made them feel, how they relate, they have any questions, if they'd like to like share a story for us to share, we're here. Yeah. yeah. No, I would love to hear back. And yeah. Same. Especially in regards to like this topic, because um, I feel like a lot of people are going through it right now, especially because a whole year of dating. Well, no, I feel like only a whole year of dating was missed if you actually weren't doing anything the entire this whole year. But I feel like a lot of people were doing stuff. Um, but yeah, like at least a few months of dating was like cut off from your life and like like a lot of people are trying to like get back into normal life and like act normal and like remember what it is to be normal um and it's not always that easy to just like jump back into it so if anyone has stories they want to share yeah put us up. okay well right. we'll see you next week yeah there's no visual <laughs> well no i won't say we'll hear you next week but we won't hear them we'll either hear you'll hear us next week <laughs> it's been like two three years and we still can't figure out like a good outro <laughs> we just we're not normies okay we can't be confined to these no you, you know why because the opposite of an Irish goodbye is the Persian goodbye, where you just like keep talking and you keep going and you don't know how to finally leave. Yeah, like, no, leaving for a Persian is just so awkward. It's irregit. Irregit. Yeah, yes. that was the term. I don't know if I came up with it or, but I just uh, asked an Iranian the podcast that we frequently collaborate with. They did a whole episode on irregit, which is actually yeah. pretty funny that I may have may have been the inspiration for. Oh wow such a narcissist well, I was thinking about this was one of my recent tweets like for a narcissist I don't take posterity enough into account for like the things that I do like for if I was a narcissist then I would like really think twice about like all the embarrassing things I put out on the internet but maybe I'm not no, I think that you're such a narcissist that you don't care about other people's opinions so you put out whatever the fuck you want hmm hmm